The Oklahoma City Thunder have made a ton of roster transactions, but not the ones you might think. Kendrick Williams, Mike Muscala stay in Bricktown, but the Thunder shuffle around some two-way players and might continue to flip over this roster as they wave KZ Akpala in the only trade deadline week move that the Thunder made. So we're going to talk about all that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder NBA trade deadline. They've already waived Casey Akpala. They've signed Lindy Waters the third and keep around two veterans in Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala. Again, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. So let's talk about the roster moves the Thunder have made this week on the busy trade deadline. One of the best trade deadlines in recent memory for the NBA. And now, of course, one of the quietest deadlines the Thunder have had since they moved here in 2008. However, that's to be expected whenever you've spent most of that time frame looking for that one piece to get you over the hump. And now, yeah, not so much, right? So this team's full of young players that you don't want to get rid of. And your two veterans and Kenny Hustle and Mike Muscala, you made the decision to keep them at the Thursday deadline. However, the one move the Thunder made in a trade variety was trading a second-round pick for Casey Akpala. However, in that trade, Miami and OKC amended the protections to a future pick owed to the Thunder, making it now a future first-round pick that's lottery protected in 2025. And if that pick falls in the lottery, the Thunder will get an unprotected 2026 first-round pick instead of that 2025 pick, which is more favorable for the Thunder. And it also allows the Heat more flexibility with their assets and with their future maneuvers down the road due to the Stepien rule. So this is a move that benefits all parties involved. The Thunder take on Casey Akpala, who's an expiring deal, worth $1.7 million. They had the open roster spot to do it. They give up a second round pick, whatever the case is there. And they get a more favorable option in their first round pick and kind of just kick it down the road and make it to be a more valuable future first round pick while helping out the heat and organizations like the heat. They remember these kind of things and maybe down the road, uh, you can have them return the favor in some way, but this wasn't truly a favor. I think that a lot of people forget the amendment portion of this trade and just look at it as saying, well, you give a second round pick for Casey Akpala and you never even assign him a uniform number and he gets cut right away. Why in the world did Sam Presci do this? Why did he sit on his hands as these other young players like uh, you know, Jalen Smith get dealt who could have made some sense for the Thunder? Well, this is a big deal for the Thunder in the future in terms of the value of their first round picks. And that doesn't mean that the Thunder are going to hold on to that heat pick. I mean, that, that heat pick now has more value than it did before this move happened. And so that ha- that carries weight in the trade discussions in the offseason. Whenever you're trying to package picks together and figure out which picks will hold enough value to get you 
uh, over the hump in a trade in that sense. What's the sweetener you can use? Now, this pick that involves the Heat becomes even more important and even more crucial. We've talked before, the Thunder don't have a ton of sweeteners in terms of players. And we saw last year how difficult it is to make a trade based solely on future first-round picks, especially if you don't have the lottery luck. I mean, the Thunder have a ton of first-round picks, and last year had they fallen at pick three instead of pick six, then they might have been to maneuver to two or one with their, their asset plus their future assets. But whenever you fall to pick six, you can't trade the value of the six pick for the first overall pick by just overwhelming them with draft picks. You just can't, especially not in a draft class like this year and like last year where the top of the draft seems pretty good. And, and next year, the top of the draft seems, seems incredible, right? So you're going to need sweeteners. And without that, that coming on the court, this can have the sweetener aspect of it with being a more favorable first-round pick. The Thunder also released Mamadi Diake a day early from his 10-day deal. That's important to remember. Again, this is one that I think that fans might have missed in the sense of Diake was here for a long time due to signing three straight 10-day deals. One was the hardship, and then you had the two standard ones that you can sign. And he was not a part of this roster full-time. He played a lot. He he played star, he played started in some games due to injuries, so it made him feel more part of the team, more connected to the organization, especially going back to his preseason run. But he was still only on a 10-day deal, which was set to expire on Thursday anyway. So they did not sacrifice anything with Mamadi Diake by waving midday early to get Casey Akpala. He was going to have an expiring deal anyway on that 10-day deal, and then on Thursday you would have had to make a call of if you want to sign him long-term or let him go because you can't sign him to another another 10-day deal. You just can't. So Diake is a kind of a separate transaction that Akpala, even though it gets lumped in there to make that trade happen a day early because these two teams could have easily not made this move until Thursday whenever the deal was expired. It's just easy to cut bait with a guy with one day left on a 10-day deal. So it's no harm, no foul, and Diake still gets uh, the entire payment of that, those 10 days, even though he misses one. Uh, the Thunder then released Paul Watson Jr., who's played nine games for the Thunder from his two-way deal, and signed Lindy Waters to third in his place. And again, Paul Watson Jr. was signed to that 10-day deal as kind of a 27-year-old veteran who was a nice little 3-and-D player for Toronto at times, and they pulled the rug out from under Josh Hall. Josh Hall, this young hyper athlete who they took a shot on after the draft last year that got some run last year, but also had a knee injury that kind of limited him and had some interesting little tools about his game. And they offered him the qualifying offer for a two day for a two way deal. He was all set to come back to the Thunder on a two way deal. And at the last moment, boom, they pull that offer from him and give it to Paul Watson Jr. Who ends up playing nine games. And thus opening up the spot for Lindy Waters to third. So now, after they're waving Akpala from his contract, which is an expiring deal worth $1.7 million, the Thunder now have an open roster spot again due to going back to waving Gabriel Deck. That opened it up. It was filled briefly with the, two, with the 10-day contract from Diake and then filled for, filled for a day with Akpala's uh, trade, and then he's waved. And now, again, they have an open roster spot. There are $23 million under the salary cap floor. If it remains this way through the league year, the players on the roster will then split the money, which would even out to about uh, an extra $1.5 million uh, throughout the team. So that'd be good for the players on the roster. I did get a question uh, if that bonus to say Lou Dort would allow him to take a hometown discount in the next contract negotiation. Honestly, no, uh, I, I just do not foresee an agent or a player rewarding a team for not spending money. 
Now, Dort might still do a hometown discount or feel like he owes it to the Thunder to stay with them or, or feel connected to the organization or the city or the community and want to stay here at, at any cost. However, I don't think that this extra $1.5 million will be the reason why. I think that this is probably not viewed fondly by agents or by players in the player association due to you could have spent this money earlier and created another job and create another payday. So uh, I don't think it will impact any future trade negotiations or, or contract negotiations for any player, benefit or negatively. I think that the deals will kind of operate separately of this and will not factor into any uh, team-friendly deals. But it does beg the question, what do the Thunder do now that they have this open roster spot? They're back in that same boat. Only now, they don't have the option of the trade deadline because the Thunder tried really hard to find a two-for-one deal that made sense to take on money, get close to the salary cap floor, or even surpass the salary cap floor, and in return get a ton of assets. But there was no trade out there that could equal value. We talked about value with that with that heat pick. There was no trade out there that could benefit the Thunder to take on all that money. Because there there is value in, in taking on money. You're helping out the other team. You're helping out their future flex, flexibility. You're also hurting your future flexibility, and you need to be compensated for that up front. And they just didn't find one that they were well enough compensated to take on extra money. And so... You get stuck with a deadline week that features one trade, and it's a guy who you've already waived, who has in his career, although it spans three years, has played less minutes than some rookies already have from this last draft class. But now you're left with this open roster move. And while you can't make up $23 million probably in the next few months here with a, with a signing in the middle, middle of the season, you can still have a ton of flexibility and options for Sam Presti to deal with. And so we're going to dive into those options coming up. However, I want to talk right now about our good friends over at betonline.net. Folks, football might be over, but basketball is in full swing with both pro basketball and college hoops from the latest odds, totals, player performance props. Uh, We're going to all have you fired up uh, for this rest of the season and the playoff stretch. You can even bet on who will be the next fired head coach and where that they're going to land in the future. BetOnline.net has everything you need. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, and odds on the Olympic coverage and information that they have there for you is incredible. And once baseball returns, they're going to be there for baseball as well. Head over to the website today and use your mobile device and you're going to see all of these trends in action, betonline.net, where the game starts. BetOnline, the best place to bet in sports. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On Info podcast, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On Rams. And they're all in L.A. all week covering the big game. So go back and listen to them leading into the big game tomorrow. Go back and listen to them. Talk about the game, previewing the game, what to watch for, maybe even help you betting on this game because they have that insider knowledge. And go check out the Locked On Network setup at the Super Bowl Radio Row. The big game Radio Row was incredible. It was awesome to see this network take off in that capacity and be there with their own station. They got some great guests. That's all on the Lockdown NFL YouTube page. You can go watch every guest and see which one you want to click on. They have a variety of guests to talk about and to talk and to hear from. So go check it out. 
Locked On NFL YouTube page, and you can see the setup there that they had in L.A. on Radio Row. Interesting stuff there leading into the big game. We're going to talk about the Thunder roster, though, right now. Again, I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. But what can Sam Presti do with this open roster spot? How creative can he get? Well, the first option is pretty simple. It's signing Aaron Wiggins, the 55th overall draft pick in the 2021 NBA draft, and allowing him to convert from a two-way deal to an NBA contract. And the Thunder are no strangers to converting two-way deals to NBA deals. They're on a huge stretch of it right now, going all the way back to Deontay Burton, right? So, so they've done it every year since then, and they've really enjoyed seeing uh, each player take the step up and take the next step and climb the organization. And at pick 55, it seems like Sam Presti's found a diamond in the rough. As a refresher, the two-way deal is typically capped on how many days you can play with the Thunder, and you can easily be transferred back to the Blue with the G League or back to the NBA. Now, this year, due to COVID, there is no cap on them. It's typically 50 games now. It used to be days whenever Lou Dort was on the two-way deal. That's how quickly this changed. Now it's games instead of days, meaning they can practice with the NBA team without penalty. But that cap went away mid-season this year due to the health and safety protocols. So technically, Wiggins can stay on the two-way deal all year long and continue to play with the Thunder and continue to be with the team, and then they make the decision in the offseason. However, he's already outperformed that two-way deal, in my opinion. He looks like a diamond in the rough. He's playing great as a 3 and D option. He really looks good around the rim. And the tools that he presents seem very, very um, reusable and reliable and, and something that you can predict will be sustainable. Going back to last year, talking about Moses Brown, who was the two-way guy that got converted uh, and, and kind of bounced around the league from Portland to the Thunder and then to the Mavericks. Moses Brown last year had crazy games, crazy stats, crazy highlights. But I said all along, he's a gimmick. He's Boban. He's a matchup-based player that you can use to get an advantage in that way. He's not this NBA star. He's not this 2020 guy. He's just not that. He seems like a fantastic person. And he's a really good player, works really hard. He's worked with Tyson Chandler harder than anybody in the world throughout this last year with the Mavericks, and it's been really good for his game. But he's not a starting-level player in the NBA as he was starting last year for the Thunder. He's not even a top-eight guy in a rotation. He's a gimmicky player that's a matchup-based guy who could – help you try to win a playoff series because as we saw last year, whenever Rick Carlisle goes to Boban and KP and plays them together last year, that's a, a, a role Moses Brown can play in the future for a team that needs a kind of change of pace and to frustrate an opponent for five minutes in a stretch of a playoff game and, and give them a wrinkle. They have not really put a lot of time preparing for, right? But that's it. That's his limitation. Now he can eat it up on a re rebuilding team or just somebody has to get rebounds. Somebody has to play a bulk minutes and he's athletic enough. He has a high enough motor and He's big enough to where he's going to score. He's going to rebound. He's going to look awkward while doing it, but still get it done whenever he gets ample amount of opportunity. But in an actual setting, in an actual game setting where you're trying to compete, trying to win, he just can't He just can't perform in that light. So last year, you could snuff it out right away. Even though they converted this guy to an NBA contract, he's not really built for the NBA long term. So you can call it both ways. And this way with Aaron Wiggins, you can see He's built for this. He's, he's built for an NBA role uh, and an impactful NBA role for a long time because of those two traits that are so valuable, defense and his three-point shot. And the way that the offense comes to him with his great cutting off the ball. And, and I want to state, for a rookie, especially a rookie wing, 
his defense is off the charts. And you can really see the potential there. And this Thunder organization, this Thunder coaching staff, has a long history of whenever they get a guy who has some talent on defense and has some tryhard on defense, both things Wiggins has, they can really turn them into something special on that end of the floor. I mean, look at the progression from Darius Basley. He has athleticism. He tries hard on defense. Defense is a point of pride for him. It always has been. He goes and says that even before this elite jump from him on that end of the floor. And now he makes this elite jump as an off-ball defender and as a defender in general for the Thunder this year. And that's the trajectory that Wiggins can be on on that end of the floor with a better three-point shot. So signing him to an NBA deal with this open roster spot seems like a no-brainer and should have happened yesterday, right? What are the ripple effects from that? Well, if you sign him to an NBA deal, you can also sign Omdi Diake to a two-way deal, filling that spot left behind by Wiggins. This organization has left no mistake about it. They have not hit it you know, publicly. They've said out words from Mark to Sam to everybody that this team loves Diake and loves the tools that he presents. So this is a way to keep him within your organization and keep him uh, with the NBA team, not just with the blue. And on that two-way deal, another, you know, another 20 or so games to prove himself because he has some interesting tools about him, especially with the pace and with the style the Thunder want to play, a smaller center that can still do some damage. He also could use this open rush spot for Diake, although I would personally use it for Wiggins and then put Diake in that two-way slot. And the third option is simply signing an overseas option, similarly to what you did last year with Gabriel Deck. Uh, I'm not sure if that's actually going to happen, but it is an option for the Thunder to take. I don't think that there's going to be a buyout contract that they that they go out and get a veteran like that. I think that this will be spent on one of those three things, Diake, uh, Wiggins, or both, because we just mentioned how they can flip-flop, uh, or an overseas option. And we'll just see what Sam Presti has up his sleeve. Now, Sam Presti elected to keep Mike Muscala and Kittich Williams throughout this NBA deadline. And what does that mean for the future of this roster and the future of this organization now that we know Kenny Hustle and Muscala are staying in Bricktown for the rest of this season? How much longer do they have in Oklahoma City? We're going to talk about all of that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. It's fantastic. You're going to want to check them out. Uh, my favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. And I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I do not need, parts I cannot use. And also, they're not going to upcharge me because I'm a beginner. They're going to work with me uh, and for the best price because they don't judge you at all. So you can find the best price, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you. And the how did you hear about this box? And they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. Hear what our experts are saying about this crazy NBA deadline and how it affects the association as a whole. Not so crazy of a deadline for the Oklahoma City Thunder, who keep Kendrick Williams and Mike Muscala past the deadline. It never really felt like Muscala was going to go anywhere. 
Remember, he was uh, out, and he's out until at least the all-star break with an ankle injury. He was battling this injury last year as well, and he's 30 years old. But Kendrick Williams had a real shot to get dealt. He's 26 years old. He's owed $2 million next year, very reasonable contract, and he's not a free agent until 2024. So he, he is a culture setter. He plays great defense. He's got that three-point shot working now. Uh, he, he's looked really good. He looked like a team that all 30 clubs could use. And it seemed like, as the Thunder demanded a first-round pick, that there was a chance he got dealt. However, the Thunder had all that leverage. They, they had every piece of leverage in this Kenny Hustle decision because they didn't mind keeping around this 26-year-old guy who can be uh, a core piece of the foundation long-term. So if you don't want to offer up a first-round pick, they're not going to settle for peanuts on the dollar. They're going to keep around their guy who they want to help grow this next generation. He's young enough to be a part of this core long-term. He's young enough to set that culture. He's young enough to set a standard for these young players when they attempt to win big. You have to remember, in a market like Oklahoma City, you're not going to get prize-free agents. You're not going to get to supplement this team with free agents. So when you get a good young nucleus, it's going to be 24-year-old guys, 25-year-old guys, 21-year-old guys, 19-year-old guys who have to help you try to win a championship. You don't get to wait around until they're 33, 35 years old. Because in all likelihood, they won't be in Oklahoma City anymore at that age. And hopefully, this next group of, of guys, SGA and Giddy and Dort and whoever else you draft, hopefully they'll be ones that retire a member of the Thunder, that, that retire in Oklahoma City, that's been their entire careers here. That's the hope. But I've got hope in one hand and something else in the other. Let's see which one fills up first. Look around the NBA. There's not a lot of guys who spend their entire careers in one spot no matter what that spot is. No matter what that spot is. And so if you're Sam Presti, if you're trying to build a program, you're trying to build an organization, you're trying to build a championship contender, you've got to operate under the assumption that you've got about a nine-year window of each and every guy. So even though they're going to be young and experienced, you have to capitalize on each and every playoff run. You have to capitalize on each and every opportunity to, to go win it. And you have to be prepared for whenever it is that they pop off, whenever it is that they develop, to go try to win a championship no matter how young your core, your, your stars are. And to do that, you flush out this core with a guy like Kendrick Williams who, sure, by the time you're ready to compete, might be 28, 29, 30 years old, but he also might be the best 30-year-old you can have at the time because you might not land any of the top free agents at that point. So I like the decision to keep Kenny Hustle. I think that this probably ends the, the talk about future deals for Kenny Hustle. He will be an expiring deal next year. But again, you keep him past this deadline. I think that you're going to sign him to an extension after next year. And kind of, he's going to be a part of this core long-term. Not going to be a reason why he wouldn't win a title necessarily in the sense of a stardom piece, but can be somebody who helps grow and mentor these guys through NBA seasons. I mean, look at Josh Giddy, 19 years old. He, he's having to learn how to just simply play in the NBA, how to simply manage his body, how to simply survive a long season, the longest season he's ever played in his life. In a couple of years, that high draft pick that's 19 years old like Josh Kitty is today will be thrust into a team where he's still having to play starting level minutes and starting to play a huge role. But now, instead of expecting to finish bottom three, you're expected to finish in the plan or the playoffs or go win a title. And that, that kid's still going to have to learn on the fly how to be an NBA player. And the more guys you have like Kenny Hustle who can do that and be productive, the better. So keeping him around was a good call by Sam Presti. And again, I said before the deadline, it's explainable either way. Had they traded Kendrick Williams, I could have explained that too in a more uh, in-depth decision and, and called that decision a great one. And that's why this decision was so tough for Sam Presti because no matter what you decide, 
keeping him like you did or trading him at the time it'd be considered a great move and in hindsight that's how you're going to be judged because at the time both decisions would have looked great so i i, I do think that the thunder made the right decision in this sense because of the fact that he's so young uh, not trading muscala was kind of predictable again he's 30 years old with a battling injury and also he cried last year at the end of the season talking about what this organization means to him so i think that for whatever the reason uh, Mike Muscala values being in Oklahoma City and values being a part of what this Thunder team is building and this organization is building and values the life after basketball opportunities that the Thunder provide for their former players more than he values ring chasing and maybe getting dealt for a second round pick to go to Milwaukee or go uh, to LA or go wherever that he was needed and play maybe five minutes a night, 10 minutes a night, just kind of a bench score, a bench three-point shooter uh, or a change of pace guy in the playoffs. I think that he values the Thunder and this organization, this fan base, this community more than he values that from what we've heard from him publicly anyway. So I think that that made a lot of sense. He has a $3.5 million club, club option next year, which I expect the Thunder to pick up. Uh, and again, the, the, for Kenny Hustle, he's mentioned he wanted to retire in Oklahoma City. He compliments the city all the time, the organization all the time, and he loves his lifestyle with Oklahoma City. You remember the media day session with him before the year where he just went on and on about how much he loves living in Oklahoma City. He loves the environment of the city, much less the organization, which is, of course, a great environment. And so I think that he'll be here as well and sign an extension as well with the Thunder. Uh, so that's where the Thunder stand post-NBA trade online. There was a ton of drama, like trading James Harden for Ben Simmons. The Thunder were not involved in that drama uh, this year like they were in past seasons. The Thunder continue to pl- plug along and continue to try to build uh, their next championship core and get back to competing for titles. We'll see when that actually happens. But for now, that's where we stand in Bricktown. So follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. And subscribe to the show for free across all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, because we are here for you every single day talking Thunder basketball. Until the next one, be good and be good to one another.